Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and will increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 97, episode 28 of season 3. I'm Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool at Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod uh, on Twitter and, and on YouTube. Well, Action, we are at the Rum Bar at the Mirage Hotel in lovely Las Vegas. In Live the from the Rum Bar. <laughs> That's right. We've got our drinks. I've got my mojito. We've got, what do you got there? Uh, some sort of cocktail with tequila in it. I think right. it's a tequila mule. Tequila mule, so we are feeling it. We've got some Instagrammers over here uh, taking pictures behind the background. <laughs> <laughs> right here next to the Instagram wall. And uh, we're both down a little bit on the weekend, for those of you who might be wondering. Yes. But that's all right. We still have a couple more days to make that up. Yeah, we uh, crapped out pretty hard last night at the craps table over at uh, Harrah's, but uh, today we made a little comeback at the uh, blackjack table that was at Planet Hollywood. So yeah, we got to thank Maggie, the dealer over there. She helped us out. Maggie was great. So was May before that. We can't leave her out of this. And Ariel, the guy who, you know, what did I split two times on the same hand and won, but they had to send him packing to, you know, wherever, Siberia, because he let me win. So. <laughs> okay, back live here. Back. We had a little interruption with we, for an Instagram photo. We, we've been taping the whole time on the yeah, audio. That's I can great. cut out the audio. So yeah, we just uh, took some pictures for people, uh, since apparently we're photographers as well in, in Vegas action. Do it all. We do it all. <laughs> this is awesome. So, hey, uh, it's the first weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament, which officially starts today. It's actually underway right now, the first four, but we are going to talk mainly about the first round of games, which starts tomorrow, Friday, uh, the 19th, as well as the 20th on Saturday. Yeah, actually, we're in the middle of the first game of the first four right now. Mount St. Mary's is up 10 at halftime. So Thursday live here, there's a couple of more playing games tonight. And then the first round really starts in earnest tomorrow, Friday. And Action already got, uh, he already has Mount St. Mary's plus two. So he's doing pretty well. We've got some bets on the games already. We both like Drake. But by the time you guys listen, that game will be over. So we'll just talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the quarantine and um We've got, you know, basically there was a strict quarantine process that these teams had to follow for seven days prior to, I guess, for tomorrow. They had to be 48 hours quarantined when their location. Then they could travel to Indy and still had to have negative COVID tests before playing, such as Virginia. Yeah, and I, you know, I heard on Sunday night from, I think it was one of the Rutgers, or maybe it was Garza who had an interview and said that they had to quarantine in their hotel rooms for 48 hours prior to as soon as they arrived right so i wondered to myself no stretching or ability to work out presumably could depress scoring a little bit in the first couple of games here yeah i think those first halves might be a nice nice under situation i would say but we'll have to check it out i mentioned virginia virginia is not going to show up until tomorrow night and they play saturday night they have to do a 12-hour very compressed quarantine and they still may fall out. And then there's four teams that are on standby for those teams. And those teams are like Louisville, Colorado State, who didn't make it, my alma mater, Ole Miss, and who's the other one? St. Louis? Yeah, Louisville. I think St. Louis is on there, too. Did you yeah. mention Louisville? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we also had some issues with Kansas. Kansas was a team that their star center missed the Big 12 championship uh, you know, tournament, but 
They had another guy miss it. But McCormick, who's the, the center, he's going to play, you said. He's going to suit up but be on the bench. That's right. Yeah, I saw uh, just yesterday it was announced by Kansas that David McCormick, their star center, really their number one player, will travel to Indianapolis today, Thursday, and is going to be ready and in uniform tomorrow on Friday. Right. So that may affect the handicap and also the spread. So maybe you got the, the early line when they were maybe a little bit depressed before he got he's going to play or be on the bench anyway. So... Uh, other other stuff we like to talk about, which we saw in the Big Ten Championship, the, the tournament, the Lucas Oil Stadium, and those big stadiums, those teams shoot really poorly. So you were cashing in on the under last week in big in the Big Ten Championship tournament. Yeah, the quarterfinals round actually came up a little bit and bit me go over, but we had a couple more unders on Saturday. And then, obviously, the championship game on Sunday went way over, ultimately. Right, right. But I think All it's another time. angle I'm going to look for this week. Those games that are being played at Lucas Oil Stadium, definitely in the first round, I would expect, are going to be lower scoring. I already like the under in the Purdue and North Texas game, first half and full game. And there's a few others that I'm eyeballing as well. Right. I definitely would target those teams like Kansas and Virginia, first half, of course, too, because they're, they were on pauses. So we'll see about their scoring. We'll be depressed. True, very true. Well, let's jump into the action index as we enter this first weekend of the tournament. Uh, I've got it here up for you. You've got it here. So is there anything exciting? It looks looks like Illinois is up to number two. I think they weren't at number two last week, right? Yeah, that's right. After winning the Big Ten Championship, Illinois metrics have improved a little bit. And it's ironic that the first four teams here are also the number one seeds, Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, and Michigan. Followed by, coincidentally, the number, number two. two seeds, Houston, <laughs> Iowa, Alabama, and Ohio State. So it seems that the action index is a leading indicator for seeding in the tournament. It is different than Ken Palm. I mean, the top four were still number one seeds, but you did see a little bit of a difference. I guess they're, you know, Houston, you got Houston higher than I, Iowa. And obviously, those the top eight teams are still in Ken Palm the same way. But I'm noticing in North Carolina at number 11, this is an eight seed team. You're looking that they're going to be pretty dangerous in this tournament. Yeah, North Carolina's numbers have been really improving lately, and it mostly has to do with their incredibly high rebounding adjustment. You see here, Wegs, I've got a three-point adjustment on North Carolina's spread rating wow. just from rebounding, which right. is uh, head and shoulders about above every other team in this field. Um, Illinois and Houston are kind of neck and not neck and neck, but just behind them with two and two point three eight right. respectively. Yeah, that team just throws it up on the glass. We talked about that with Cola last week. I do like them a lot. They are dangerous. They're an eight seed. If they win against Wisconsin, then they play Baylor, right? That's right. Yeah, Baylor would be the opponent in the second round. Yeah, we don't have to talk about the bracket in too much detail, but last week it wasn't set. But if you look at that, you know, generally speaking, Baylor has a really tough road. they got to beat North Carolina. Uh, they've got they've got obviously a really good uh, yeah Boilers number four so that for them to just get to the you know the elite eight they've got a tough road. Um, we thought that Gonzaga had a really easy path though. It's true. Uh, obviously, since Kansas may be full strength, they're closer to full strength. Maybe they're not so bad at three in that region. And then you have Virginia at four. Who knows if they're even going to play? And then Iowa at the bottom of that bracket. I just think that Gonzaga is going to be a lock for Final Four, but you like the bet where they're not going to make the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, we talked an awful lot about this last week with Cola as well. In spite of the bracket and the seeding laying out where it appears Gonzaga has an easy path, I'm still going to be looking to fade them in this tournament. 
I um, obviously have been playing against them in a lot of my pools and in my Calcutta, but I'm also going to look to play them in, against in some money lines and spreads as well. Right. I know you're not on board with me, but they're in your index. Number 12, USC is on there. I do like them to, to push pretty deep in this tournament. They have that NBA talent in Mobley. Uh, we'll see, obviously, how that plays out, um, if they're going to make it that far. They're a six seed, but I agree that you're showing them 12. I think they're very underseeded in this tournament. Yeah, definitely. A six seed um, at 12, obviously, would think that would correlate to a three seed. So. Right. But I personally think that Drake is going to be a bad matchup for them, Wags. Okay. Uh, Drake is a team that likes to defend, and with Shaquan Hemphill back in the lineup, I expect that will be a much closer game than oddsmakers suggest. Okay. Well, that's the overall tournament. Let's talk about some games specifically that we're going to look at this weekend. At least I've identified some. Uh, first of all, we've got Ohio State playing or Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts can shoot the ball. They've got two guys who can score over 20 points a game. We know Ohio State can score the ball. We've seen that many times. So I was thinking this is more of an overplay at 157 and a half. I don't know where you see it at now, action. But uh, can you get on board with me on an over in that game? Oh, yeah, definitely. I love the over in this game as well. Um, currently lost the odd screen here, but <laughs> I think 157 and a half is about right from last I looked. So um, I like that. I also like Oral Roberts in this game, mm -hmm. catching the 17. Yep. We talked an awful lot this year about how Ohio State's defense is poor, and this Oral Roberts team can really score. They can score. So I like him with the 17, and I think that an over and Oral Roberts parlay could be somewhat correlated as well. Okay. I like it. I like what you're doing. Another game I like is Oregon State against Tennessee. Oregon State's the 12 seed. Tennessee's the 5. Oregon State ran the table in the Pac-12, had no business making the tournament, but somehow played great against good teams, beating Oregon and USC at the end. Um, they're getting eight points in this game. Tennessee has struggled down the stretch. I might even dabble on the money line at plus 310. What do you think wow. about that one? I have seen a lot of people playing Oregon State this week, and I got to be honest, it's not one that I can get behind. Mm -hmm. I think that um, their run through the Pac-12 tournament was a little bit of an aberration. Right. Not really quite adding up to what this team actually is. And uh, Tennessee is a tough team. Good defense. Certainly looks like they're going to be without the center, John Fulkerson, okay. this week after the big blow to the face in the SEC tournament. But... I'm personally going to be picking Tennessee to advance. Um, the spread bet, I, you know, eight and a half, it looks like in some spots, is a big number. So, yeah, big number. Um, I do expect this to be a lower scoring matchup as well, so you get some value there. Another game I picked was uh, Rutgers against Clemson. Now, I think this game's down to almost a pick or maybe a one-point favorite for Rutgers. So, I was thinking as the 10 seed, they were going to get points, but it seems like it's flipped over. I do think the Scarlet Knights have survive Big Ten turn uh, you know Big Ten play and they've made the tournament for the first time in forever oh, yeah. so I think they're gonna be really excited about this game whereas Clemson kind of struck struggle down the stretch uh, would you still get on board if they're favored by a point or so oh yeah definitely I've I've bet Rutgers minus one myself and it looks like there's still some ones that are out here on the board um, depending on where you look you can shop around but this team is definitely on a mission after making the tournament and really not getting their chance last season. And uh, Coach Steve Peichel 
is going to have them prepared for a big win over Clemson. Well, they also have, you know, Ron Harper Jr., you know, he's an NBA-style player, so I think they just can. Clemson's known for their defense, but Rutgers has played great defenses all year in the Big Ten, so Mm -hmm. I'd like to see that. What about Villanova? Uh, we've talked about them in the past. Con, uh, Colin Gillespie's out for the year. Their their point guard really is really the leader of that team. They're playing Winthrop, the 12 seed right now. I'm showing it as a six and a half point dog for Winthrop. I'd be on the dog here, maybe even the money line at plus 240. I'm not sure how you what you feel about that action. I am. I'm on board with this pick. I've bet myself personally plus six and a half on open. It looks uh-huh. like still available at some shops here in Nevada and, right. and, and out east as well. And I also bet the money line. I've got Winthrop plus 220 in this game. Attaboy. I think that without Gillespie, the Wildcats are, are really going to be having a hard time getting into their offense. And a team like Winthrop can really score the ball. You're going to see them really open it up and shoot a lot of three-pointers, which is going to be tough for that Villanova defense. Right. So... I like this game. Uh, you know, I texted my family earlier today. In some pools, I am picking Villanova, mm-hmm. which I believe is going to be more of a contrarian play. Sure. So for pool aspects, I'm likely going to be on Villanova. But for my bankroll here, I've got Winthrop. Yeah. As confusing as that is. Well, especially with the points, right? I mean, yeah, money line, of course, you want to get, get it to hit. A few more that I like. I don't know about you, but... Should we uh, have a couple more oh, on yeah, Friday yeah. Oh, before yeah, we it. switch yeah. to the Saturday games? Sure. Um, I, I mentioned earlier the Purdue and North Texas game under the total. It's 127 currently. I think this is going to be a rock fight. Yep. North Texas is a team that plays extremely slow pace, and uh, Purdue will be happy to play that style as well. And they played great defense down the stretch. Yep, yep. And they really they lost in overtime at the buzzer, basically, against uh, Ohio State, so they right. played really well. Another game slated for Lucas Oil tomorrow is the number one seed Baylor playing against Hartford. Mm-hmm. And Baylor's laying a huge number, 25 and a half, which is not something I'm interested in, but I am going to be betting this one under as well. I've got 141 in my back pocket, and okay. it looks like there's still 140, 140 and a half still available out there. And I think this is another game that Baylor blows them out, slows down at the end, and will stay under that total. And that's a Lucas Oil game? Yes. So, again, that's, that's kind of that same handicap we talked before. It's going to be harder to shoot in that big arena, which, you know, is that the one where they're splitting in half? Correct. So yep. they're having, like, a curtain. They're going to have two different courts for the, for the main, you know, it's a football stadium. So, but there's a lot of depth perception issues for shooting. So that's the kind of handicap there. Mm-hmm. like it. What do you think about Utah State versus Texas Tech? Nice. Tough one. I, you know, when I first saw that draw, I thought that was really bad for Texas Tech. Utah State has been playing great down the stretch. They knocked off my alma mater in um, in Colorado State in the Mountain West semis. This team plays great defense, and they have been playing kind of high-flying offenses, and Texas Tech is not that. Yeah. So I like it as an under game, first of all. I don't know what the, what that total is, but what is the what is the handic- – what's the um, – 131 and a half there on the total. Okay. I'm looking at Utah State here yeah. uh, with the points. They're catching four and a half That's in a lot. a lot of spots. And I think the handicap here is the big man, Namus Kata, who's yep. going to be able to clog the middle and really cut down on that Texas Tech drive and kick game. So I'm going to be on Utah State. I like them on the money line as well, and okay. presumably in plenty of brackets. Nice. Is that it for Friday? No. <laughs> We're getting every game in there of America. Colgate and Arkansas. I'm sure you saw my tweet on Sunday yes. over at any number as soon as that was announced. And I sure as heck did go over at both 156.5 and 157.5. And 
this game is going to be high flying and it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think Colgate scored 100 points in the last game or something. Yeah. This team can fill it up. They've only played four opponents, but I actually, I mean, I don't mind going if you're going to go, the, obviously, with the spread on this one because I think Colgate's going to be a tougher team. We talked about it's a little bit of an anomaly with the net rankings because they're really high in the top 10, the top eight or nine. But in Arkansas, I really like to go deep in the tournament if they get past Colgate. I think Colgate could beat them. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but again, you know, you're looking at a game in the 80s or even 90s for this one. Definitely. Uh, one more for us on the under. Or I'm sorry, no. Um, Houston, Houston okay. is a team that I like a lot. We talked about their rebounding advantage sure. earlier on in the show here. And they're, go- they're facing off against the Horizon League qualifier, Cleveland State. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a complete mismatch for sure. the Vikings. They are going to get just destroyed on the glass, and they are very terrible from the free throw line. Everything just adds up to a monster blowout for Houston in this one. Wow. I laid 19 and a half. He laid the 19 and a half, America. You know, Action likes to take the underdog. This is a rarity that he's going to lay that many points. So I do think Houston's a great team. Uh, what is Cleveland State known for? What are they good good at? Well, they they have some three-point shooters. Okay. There's no doubt about that. But Houston defense is top ten in locking down the three-point line. And I think that's really the only place that Cleveland State could make any sort of points in this game. Right. Uh, a decided advantage, which is mitigated by the defense. Gotcha. More, more Friday one, action? I think we just need to touch on the Georgia Tech and Loyola. Illinois oh, yeah, we do, we do. Before we move on to Saturday, rough, rough news for the Yellow Jackets yesterday that ACC Player of the Year, Moses Wright, has been diagnosed with COVID-19. And, uh, sorry, tested positive. Yeah. And um, just really unfortunate for Georgia Tech. And on the plane flight over here yesterday, I saw the line go from three to six, and that was the reason why. Yeah, so Loyola, they're playing in Illinois' bracket. They're the eight seed against the nine ACC tournament champion, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It's a bummer for them. Josh Pastner had his team playing really well. Six points, wow. I mean, that's a big move, but you do think he's worth those three points. I do, yeah. I mean, Cameron Crotwick was going to have a big game yeah. regardless, but without Moses right in the middle, it's just going to be feasts for Cameron Crotwick. Right. Which is on my team in the player pool, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah, you just happen to have him on his player pool team. <laughs> well, let's go to Saturday. I mean, that's pretty much all the games I think. I we missed some, up. but that's all right. I'm ready for Saturday. So Saturday, I like the first game. I like the Bonnies against LSU. St. Bonaventure is listed. I have him as a one-and-a-half point dog in this game. And LSU can score the ball. There's no question, but they don't play any defense. But more importantly, the Bonnies have... My guy, Osun Osunyui, who is like nice. one of the best shop blockers in this in this country. <laughs> and this team has played really well. They had a COVID pause, came out of it, played great in the A-10, won it outright. And I think that they're just going to be a force to be reckoned with. I actually think they're going to push, you know, Michigan yep. in, the, in the second round. But um, I like them at one and a half. Obviously, I wouldn't necessarily go money line because it's, it's a smaller one there. I'll take the points. What do you think about the Bonnies? Yeah, I love this pick. I uh, I took the money line, actually, mm-hmm. plus 106. I think St. Bonaventure is going to win this game. And uh, my handicap really comes down to the poorest LSU defense. Yep. They have just been there. You know, we talked about it last week. I'm going to be betting against LSU regardless of opponent. And right. uh, here we go. Here it is. Hey, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, the next game, I know you're not on board with me. Is Iona is playing against Alabama. This is at three o'clock on Saturday. 
I'm mainly highlighting this because Rick Pitino has now take his, taken his fifth team, fifth team, to the NCAA NCAA tournament. Uh, that's pretty incredible. Nobody's ever done that before. And the Sayona team was on two COVID pauses this year, so they really struggled in the metrics. In fact, I think they're in like the 180s in Ken Palm, so they're way down there. But I kind of feel like they're gonna they're gonna play a good game. I don't know. They're they're 17 point dogs. Alabama's a great team, but you're not on board with it though. No, I really wanted to bet on Rick Pitino and this Iona team. I told you last week, mm-hmm. but this is a really bad matchup for them. They are in the 200s in their offensive turnover percentage, which is not a good recipe for playing against Alabama. Alabama, as you know, has a really great defense, and they like to turn their opponents over. So I think that there's going to be a significant advantage in terms of number of possessions for Alabama in this game, and it's going to be too much to overcome. Okay. So what about this upset? We talked about Virginia. They're arriving tomorrow. Uh, they we don't even know officially they're gonna play until maybe like I don't know eight in the morning on Saturday morning. They're playing against Ohio. Ohio has a very good basketball player on their team that I don't know his name. His name's Jason Preston. Jason Preston. And uh, I don't know. You're looking at the line at three and a half or four. That seems a little low to me. But the 13 seed Ohio over Virginia in the money line may be in play for me too. But wasn't wondering what you were thinking about that. Yeah, actually, uh, open 10, 10 and a half in a lot of places and um, looking at the odds board now and it's actually seven okay I like that appears to be turning back towards seven and a half at this point so I think um, I agree with you we've talked about this a lot the last couple of days that Ohio is the pick and from every single media report and odds picker twitter gambler in the world is on ohio so i think we could all line up for that one one of the things i guess i listed was i definitely would be on the first half cover which Uh, is three and a half that's my mistake so it's three and a half on the first half thinking that virginia is going to come out sluggish because they haven't practiced in eight days they're going to have a walkthrough in the morning how do you expect them to come out shooting guns a blazing against this pretty good Ohio team? I love that pick. That's a great call. Virginia certainly may win the game, but they're going to start slow. I have a very strong opinion of that. The last game I have on the card, which I know you may not be on board with me because I think you like UCLA in this first four game today, is Michigan State. Michigan State's the 11 seed. I see them beating UCLA. They're a small favorite, a two-point favorite right now for tonight's game. But they're going to play BYU, who's the sixth seed. I do think BYU has had a great season. Uh, six may be an appropriate seed, but I don't like this matchup for them. I like Aaron Henry and, the, and Sparty in here to kind of make some noise and get into the, you know, at least the round of 32 here. But you may you differ. Yeah, I'm a little troubled by this one. Um, I, I feel that some of the move towards Michigan State is due to Tom Izzo and not really the basketball team. So. It is. I'm kind of waiting here to see what happens with the line, but I may be looking to play a contrarian pick on UCLA. They lost Chris Smith, their star player, earlier in the year, but despite that, they've had a strong season in the Pac-12, and Johnny Juzang is the scorer now. And I'm just a little bit concerned that Michigan State's defense won't be able to stop it. Okay. Could be. Could be. So what are, what are actions highlight picks on Saturday? I know he's got rest of the car. Do you like UCSB? I do. I like Santa Barbara a lot in this game against Creighton. This is the 5-12 matchup yep. in the bracket on this side. And this UCSB team has a star point guard, Jordan McLaughlin, and they have a very, very strong interior presence, which I think is something that can trouble Creighton a little bit in right. this matchup. 
Creighton historically is not really an inside team. And I think that UCSB is ripe for taking the points, seven and a half, and the upset as well, plus 220. I've actually parlayed this money line with the Ohio money line. I expect they'll meet in the second round. Oh, I like that. 12-13 matchup. Well, I will say that Action loves his Big West team, so we know he's got them. And the Gauchos are... This team has been been to the dance frequently, so it's not like it's the first time in a million years. So I don't mind the pick. I like it a lot. Um, You like this other one, this Abilene Christian one? I do, yeah. Abilene Christian is kind of my dark horse in this region. I think... A, I think this, uh, is it the Midwest? I get the names all confused, but They're, the Michigan yeah. region. They're in the East. East, thank you. I expect to see some carnage. Yeah, and it's going to be rough. I, I think that Abilene Christian is very live in this game against Texas. They have the number one rated defense and turnover percentage. Okay. And uh, further, Texas is very poor from the free throw line. So while, as you might expect, Abilene Christian fouls a lot and they send their opponents to the free throw line, Texas is not going to be able to take advantage of that. And I think this is going to be a really close game down the stretch. I like Abilene plus nine. I'm also going to sprinkle some on the money line in this one as well. One thing we didn't mention earlier is that Michigan had a very key injury. They are a number one seed, but they're missing Isaiah Livers, who is out for the tournament. Uh, So that's why they're kind of, it's looking like it's a wide open region in the east. So what other ones do you like in this region? Probably my favorite bet on Saturday on the entire card is Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Minus two. Looks like three is now mostly across the board, but I still like it at this number. Connecticut is a team that plays fantastic defense, and Maryland is pretty much a jump shooting team. So I I think they're going to be in a little bit of trouble, added in the fact that James Booknight is back, and they are just on a tear with him in the lineup. I think that Connecticut is ripe for a run in this region. I like them to beat Alabama as well. I do too. Ahead. And I think they're a dark horse for the Final Four. Wow, Final Four. Well, that would be a big pick. They're a seven seed. Uh, they obviously have Maryland. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I did pick this in my bracket. I picked them to beat Alabama as well, so I'm with you. I'm not sure I had to take it quite that far, but Book Knight's a hell of a player. They're playing great. They're the best team in the Big East, even though the Big East at Georgetown yeah. run the table. We forgot to mention those guys. Those guys ran the table as well and made the tournament. So any any other ones that you've got? I mean, you've got a big list this weekend. I do, yeah. I've, I've put a lot of work in, Wags. That's good. I like <laughs> to see that. Um, I about? also have Georgetown okay. on here. You do? Okay. Uh, this is another matchup in my brackets. I'm going to be picking Colorado pretty much. Yep. A little inside information for those of you who are in Wags Pool. In the Wags Pool, <laughs> yep. But... Um, I think that Georgetown can keep this game close, closer than the spread indicates. Right. It looks like there's been a little bit of movement on Colorado in the last couple hours, though, up to six and a half. Okay. I still think that Georgetown is a play here on the spread. This will be a lower scoring game, and I think that's a little bit of value. Yeah, it's tough. I, I didn't I didn't get to watch Georgetown this year, and I didn't really watch much of the Big East tournament. I thought yeah. when we kind of made the joke last week when you know Patrick Ewing wasn't allowed you know, to get through security at the Madison Square Garden, that was kind of strange. But after a couple of games and winning the Big East cha- uh, title, now I guess they know who he is again in Madison Square Garden. But Colorado's a good basketball team. They've been good all year. They they were the ones who lost to they lost to Oregon State in the title, not USC. Right. Yeah. But um, it's a tough one. I'm probably going to stay away from that one. But I understand you know the perspective there. Again, I would pick Colorado in the bracket, but. You know, I know Action likes, you know, he likes to take some chances. Yeah. Another one I think that uh, 
keeping up in practice with the Virginia slow start. Yep. Kansas also with the COVID problems may be an opponent that you could look to fade in the first half with Eastern Washington. I'm guessing it'll be a five round, five and a half or six points. Um, first half. In the first half. Yeah. And this is an Eastern Washington team that likes to bomb from they the three point score, line. Yeah. So uh, does it look like a six here in the first half? I like them plus the points in that first half. I like that too. I think Kansas is going to be slow as well. They they have gotten to practice on like Virginia. True. And although McCormick is not, as we discussed. So that's a good defensive team that Bill Self has, but. Have they faced a team that can, well, I mean, Butler, can, I mean, Butler, Baylor can score, shoot, score the ball right, from outside. Right. But this is a team that is going to be jacking shots, kind of an old school, you know, run and gun type style from Eastern Washington. So I like that pick. I think that I could probably cap it there. All right. Look at this. We finally got through the whole list. Uh, I think that's about 27 plays out of the 32, team, 32 <laughs> games. So you guys have plenty of information. Uh, just to recap what we're doing here, we're obviously in Vegas. Uh, we did, we, woohoo! We only have three of us. We're the three best friends that everybody has had. We're the, we're the Wolf Pack. Uh, Artemis Prime is here, wandering, wandering the streets right now, making friends with the. There he is. Oh, there he is. I thought he was bringing those ladies who want to take the pictures with the with the plumes. I think the the girls that had the cop uniforms with the yeah, yeah. yeah fishnets. There's a lot of fishnet stockings on this trip here today. But uh, it's beautiful out here. We're gonna be at we're gonna be at Stadium Swim tomorrow. We'll we'll definitely take some pictures for our Instagram and Twitter. We'll put it out there. We're gonna be there from 12 to 5. That specific time to check out the first round games on Friday. We're really excited. You've been there. I haven't been there. Correct. Yeah. But um, I mean, obviously, we tons of there's a lot of energy here in Vegas. There's a lot of people around. It's obviously still COVID protocols. But besides the blackjack tables, which are kind of not very prevalence yeah. uh, everything seems kind of normal yeah we've been super disappointed so far with the number of table games that are open in every casino that we've been to it seems like a lot of these places are understaffed for the crowd that was expected this weekend yeah i think that it seems to me that they have lower staff numbers even though there's a huge amount of people here and more importantly those minimums on the tables are going up yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to get us we did fall into the the crap the, the craps trap last night, but we came back and uh, hit Planet Hollywood. I hope we'll hit some more. Are we gonna go to Circa tonight? I think so. I think we may head to Circa and check out some of the table games and the sports book for these playing games later. Absolutely. So follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow us at Side Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. And follow me on Twitter at thirty one S Roberts. All right. Well, good luck in this first round and the rest of the tournament. We'll check in next week and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll win some more money action. That's right. We're going to hit the tables. See you all later. Peace out. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made 
as the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.